0: everybody, welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode number Fuzzy Thurston, for you Green Bay Packer fans, Kevin Gregg, and Brad Marchand, or is it Marchand, or Marchand, that pesky Boston Bruin that everybody wished they had on their team. I'm your host, Mark Hebsher. Today on the show, we're recognizing the biggest blowouts in sports history, including that 14-0 beatdown by Canada over, now what country was it again? <laughs> Luxembourg? Liechtenstein? One of those European countries that should not be in Pool A with the big boys in hockey. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Austin Matthews is an All-Star Game captain. Not captain of the Leafs, but he is captain of one of the divisions. Anyway, we'll get into that. But also, what about the other five or six Toronto Maple Leafs who should be represented in San Jose at the All-Star Game? But of course, they can't be because every team has to have a representative. And what does that do to the All-Star Game? It waters it down. The Raptors might someday field a full team. They might someday have (laughs) Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard playing on the same team. But for now, they're doing just fine without some of their top players. Did you see that win in Miami the other night? Could you believe the way they came back? I could because they've been doing it all year. They're in every game. We'll also have my nomination for Canada's Sports Hall of Fame. And we will not look back at the big stories of 2018 (laughs) because everybody else does that every year at this time. Let's look back at the top. I've seen more bloopers of the year, Uh misplays of the year, plays of the year, saves of the year, hits of the year, catches of the year, ad nauseum. Yes, we understand the year is coming to an end, and we understand you have it all in your archives, but I don't remember what happened February 15th,
1: 2018.
0: (laughs) That's a long time ago, man. That is a long time ago. Let's begin with our trivia question brought to you by Panthers Original Deli on Bathurst Street north of the 401. Uh, that's in Toronto for those of you who might want to visit someday, unless you live in the GTA. Name the legendary coach, underline legendary, who led his college team to the most lopsided win in football history. Final score, 222 to nothing. Wow. So you think 14-nothing's bad? Let's compare th- <laughs> In fact, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do some comparisons to see what are the like what constitutes a blowout and what constitutes
1: as Gord Downey once sang, a blowout of wicked proportion. What constitutes that? And I hope we get into the discussion when is it rubbing salt in the wound and when is it fair play? I want to talk oh, about that too. Very interesting.
0: All that uh, coming up. Trivia brought to you by Panthers Original Deli. Uh, deli's are making a comeback, did you hear? And Pancers leads the way. If you're looking for mouth-watering corned beef, smoked meat, pastrami, latkes, knishas, soup, all the good stuff, call Lorne at Pancers 416-636-1230, and tell him Hebsey sent you. Uh, their party trays, especially, are to die for. Uh, dine in, take out, go to PancersOriginaldeli.com or visit the restaurant at 3856 Bathurst in beautiful North York. It's just north of uh, Wilson, or as they say in that neighborhood, Wilson. Wilson Avenue, some of them. Canada's junior hockey team got a bit of a scare from um, Luxembourg. Jeez, uh, <laughs> no. no, Switzerland. Yes, sorry, sorry, Switzerland. Yesterday, uh, they emerged with a three-two win at the World Junior Hockey Championship in Vancouver slash Victoria, British Columbia. The night before, as you may have heard, our boys and all their families and friends had an absolute laugh fest. It was like watching back-to-back-to-back-to-back episodes of South Park. It was non-stop laughing. <laughs> My uh, friend said, I think when the score was 4 nothing, Well, geez, I wonder if they'll score 12. No, come on. That's ridiculous. Come on. It'll be 8, maybe. Not, not 12. And certainly not 14 to nothing. 14 to nothing over Denmark. That's the country, right? The, that's where Freddie Anderson's from. Name me three Danish. Done. Name me three Danish athletes. Name me three better than average Danish athletes. Freddie Anderson,
1: Hans Christian Anderson, <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Christian Erikson, who okay. is a midfielder for Tottenham and plays on the uh, the national team, yeah. the national soccer team. And there's another. Um, there's another uh, player from that country. What country was it again? That they lost to? Denmark. Denmark. Other player from Denmark. We're Hamlet's Lars club. something or Ah, oh, damn it, I can't think. <laughs> uh, Lars Ehler. Isn't that him? From Denmark. Anyway, come on, 14 to nothing. Come on. Now, we all know the Danes are not so great when it comes to hockey. Great when it comes to dogs, but not when it comes to hockey. They're, they're, they're a decent team. But when you put them up against the powerhouses, they are no match. And Mike, I know they allow 10 teams into the top group at the championships. You know, five in, in one group, five in another group. But I, they're just, why don't they just make it eight teams? I know it's about money. I know we got to get these other two countries in this year. It's Denmark and Kazakhstan. Uh, get them in there so we can make more money, so we can have more games, blah, blah. But how about this? Why don't you make it eight teams, four in each pool, and then the championship is the best two out of three? You'll get more money out of it, right? You'll make it more exciting, and you won't have the possibility of Denmark or Kazakhstan. I mean, come on! I mean, and Denmark and everyone go. Oh, Denmark only lost. They only lost four nothing to the Russians yesterday. The next day, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what a great comeback! I mean, can you imagine? You lose fourteen nothing. It's like way to go, guys! You only lost four to nothing. Did you ever play for like a, a softball team like that? Did you ever have a hockey team where it's
1: like, all right, guys, let's try, let, let's. I did, yeah. Let's not try to lose so badly. <laughs> I went. We went zero fifteen once one winter. On my <laughs> house league hockey team, the really? CN Towers. Yeah. Did you really? At and that, the Swansea hockey. And what, so,
0: what was the highlight of a season when you don't win a game? What's oh, the highlight? we lost
1: two nothing one game. It was like we won the uh, championship.
0: Exactly. So that's that must be how the Danes felt when they only lost four nothing to Russia. But still, after two games in the in, in the group stage, they are uh, they're 0-2 and their and their goal differential is eighteen, minus eighteen. They have no goals and eighteen goals. So if I said to you before the tournament started, hey, after two games, they're gonna be 0-18, you eighteen. You're gonna go, they're gonna lose back to back nine nothing games. No, 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 no. Fourteen nothing and then and then a big four nothing. Comeback fourteen nothing's an embarrassment. All
1: right, Mr. Hebsy, may I chime in here to say that uh, you're you're right. There aren't ten competitive hockey no. nations. The World Cup had this problem, so they invented like Europe was like a, they invented like the Young Guns and the Europe team to kind of flesh it out a bit. I got it. And this is always the problem. uh But the correct me if I'm wrong. But the first tiebreaker is goal differential. In this tournament, right? Correct. So, I mean, I saw tweets. I don't know about you, but did you see the tweets from people like, this mm-hmm. is very un-Canadian to win 14 nothing? Like, maybe at 8 nothing, you start making the extra couple of passes or whatever. Which, by the way, I always think is uh, more embarrassing for a team when you're not trying to score than if you just play your game. Yeah. But uh, goal differential, so this early in the tournament, so long as that's come the on. first uh, uh, tiebreaker, then you have to be. keep scoring.
0: Then it shouldn't be. You okay, yes, with, but you know no, right, what I'm saying, Then you've got to come is. up with another way. Because right. if it is goal differential and you, you run the risk of playing a top-tier team, and it, look, it could have been the U.S. that beat them 14 nothing. It could have been Finland that beat them 14 nothing. It could have been. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yet those teams still have yet to play them. I mean, we're still early in the, in the group stage. But again, to, why, why, bother, why bother with the 12th and 18th uh, best teams in, uh, in the world? Because uh, Denmark is ranked 12th and Kazakhstan is ranked 18th in the world. They, they don't differentiate between your junior and your senior teams, like the world championships. This is the under 20. So they don't differentiate. But still, 12 and 18, wait a minute. You got the top 10 teams... And Denmark's ranked twelve. I get that they were promoted. Germany was relegated. Austria was relegated. Great Britain moved up to this pool, and Israel moved up to that now, pool, Poland's and all that kind of stuff. Poland's in the mix. I remember. Poland. Uh, nah, Poland's in, the, oh, no. in like the next the B group okay. down. So you know, I, even the TSN anchors yesterday, the girls were laughing. Oh, hey, Finland, Kazakhstan highlights. I know you were waiting for these. Ha! ha. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, because they knew. I know. And Kazakhstan played a phenomenal game and only lost five nothing. There was a big, you know, it was big day. We only lost, we kept the Finns to within five. Is that the way you want sports to be? Is Really? That, keep it close? 14 nothing's an embarrassment. Canada, by the way, lifetime against Denmark, 22-0. 22-0. <laughs> At what point do you say these guys shouldn't be playing a game? It's not fair. This is one of the reasons why, Mike, women's um, ski jumping is not an Olympic event. Not enough nations... Uh, participate at that high level. This is why I had an argument years ago that women's, that women's hockey was not ready for the Olympics unless there was at least two more countries that could be competitive against Canada and the United States. They threw Finland in there too. I will give them Finland, a the Three Nations Cup. Finland's nowhere near as good as Canada or the US. Nowhere near. So you can't put Canada and the U.S. in their own and just have them play each other all the time back and forth. You've got to find a way to create that. But in in, in ski jumping, it wasn't um, sanctioned by the IOC because not enough nations ski jump at a high level. And the same thing should hold true in any sport. You've got to get the top ones. You can't be bringing in these teams. Look, I get it when a team gets promoted in English soccer, Right. And, and and they're in the big group there, and they're gonna they're not going to be Chelsea and Manchester City and Liverpool and all these great squads. They got, but they're in that group. They're kind of there. They expect to get their asses kicked. But what's the equivalent of fourteen nothing in soccer? What's that? Nobody gets beat ten nothing in the English Premier League. Ten. That's the. Wouldn't that not be the equivalent of fourteen nothing in hockey? Ten nothing in soccer. What was the score? Brazil close?
1: versus Germany in that uh, World Cup? Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Brazil gave it up six nothing. Was it
1: six? Yeah, six like one. It's terrible. Hand. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> so. Here's my suggestion. Have two groups of four teams in the round robin. These are your teams. One group is going to be Canada, Russia, Czech Republic, Switzerland. Mm -hmm. In the other one, USA, Sweden, Finland, and Slovakia. That's it. No Denmark, no Kazakhstan, no Germany, no Poland, no Austria, no Luxembourg, no Israel. You yeah. know what I mean? No, you know these nations that kind of get in once in a while just to say, "Hey, we made it into the so it, it, into the A group." Or whatever. you're going
1: to have the buy then, right? The first place in the pool goes yeah. straight to the semis.
0: Yeah, and then you have a three game final. We
1: used to. Use, wasn't that
0: how, the way it used to be? Uh, you know what? That's another thing is I can't remember. Uh-huh. I mean, there have been so many different playoff formats in so many different sports at so many different levels, amateur and professional. Mm-hmm. I can't keep up. Do you know that the the NHL, for 25 years, the team that finished first in the regular season would play the third-place team, and the team that finished second during the regular season would play the fourth-place team? That's insanity. Insanity. What idiot came out? And for 25 years— so for 25 years, your reward for finishing first overall after, in those days, it was 70 games. After 70 games, your reward was you got to play the third-place team, not the fourth-place okay,
1: team. So the third. Aim Stupid. for second place. Stupid.
0: <laughs> so I can't even remember what some—I'm sure uh, there were enough playoff formats where someone said, let's try this, and then after a year or two, they went, no, this is a bad idea. Bad, bad idea. So how do you how do you make it competitive? I don't know. Come up with something for me. Come up with something better than this. You don't need the five teams in each— in each group.
1: You don't need that at all. So this is just, uh, it is a made-for-TV event, right? Like, this is uh, yeah, I guess so. TSN's it's big it's thing but of the year. But I'm telling you, yeah.
0: hearing hearing the two girls, who were they? Was it Lindsay and... Uh, Bonham? Or no, no, no. Teres- uh, oh. Tessa Bonham was doing the interviews okay. at the games on the sports uh, sports anchor desk. It was Lindsay, Hamilton, and... Uh, oh, and our, our girl, the one who does the McCain commercials with the Superfriars. Uh,
1: Stanowets- Stan- Stanowetsky? uh Yeah, I heard. Natasha Staniszewski.
0: So the two of them are like... Huh. Guess what? We've got highlights of Kazakhstan, Finland. Like I know you've been waiting for them. Like, like we have to run these because TSN is, you know, does the World Junior Hockey Championship every year. But it was like they're, you know, who really, who really cares?
1: I don't know. I hope I'm not stealing thunder from uh, something you were going to mention later. But are you aware that Canada once beat? Denmark, I think it was in the 60s or something. We beat them 49 or 47 to nothing. Have, yeah. you, have you heard that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this isn't so bad by comparison.
0: Yeah. I think it was before the 60s, I'll okay. be honest with you. I think it might have been in the 20s. <laughs> Is that know? right? When, when, I got to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm thinking when, you know, it was when um, there were like seven Danish people that could skate. <laughs> and it was like, okay, we're going to give you sticks, that kind of a thing. Um, so anyway, where does 14 to nothing in hockey stand in the annals of lopsided victories? How does that score equate to other sports, Mike? I did a—I didn't do a survey. I figured it out on my own. But to me, fourteen nothing in hockey is the equivalent of seventy to nothing in football. That's about the same. Sounds about right. But seventy could be ninety to nothing in football, which is an uh, absolute—you know—slaughtering. Right uh, in baseball, it's about the same as a fourteen nothing win in baseball. I think yeah, about the same.
1: I feel like, get, like higher eighteen nothing. Eighteen nothing in yeah. baseball.
0: Okay, yeah, and you <laughs> get and you get some of those games twenty two to two, twenty four Jays once won twenty four to 24 to two. Anyway, stuff like that uh, uh, in basketball about a seventy point victory as well. Wow. You know, wow. maybe more again seventy points. Wow. In golf, it's like you shoot an eighty three in a major tournament, and the winner shoots sixty three. Like you're not even close. Not even close. Um, in soccer. We mentioned this. It's about ten nothing. Maybe
1: eight nothing. Eight nothing. Well eight like, eight. Yeah. Eight nothing.
0: In track and field, it would be the equivalent of getting lapped in the fifteen hundred meters. Oh. Which is a four, it's it's four laps around the track. So getting lapped in a fifteen hundred meter race would be the equivalent of getting beaten fourteen nothing in hockey. And in any card game, getting Schneidered is the equivalent of losing fourteen nothing. Getting Schneidered means you got nothing. You didn't get one trick. You didn't get one point. You never got off the you right. T- because you got Schneidered. Exactly. Whatever case you took, out, you didn't uh. win a trick, whatever the case was, whatever the card game is. So those are, to me, the equivalents in other sports. If anyone else can come up with any uh, similar references, like in cricket or uh, sports, in uh, tennis, how about in tennis, getting bagel, double bageled, you right? Lost, yeah, you lost yeah, yeah, yeah. six, you lost year, six yeah. love, six love, six
1: love, six love. You're yeah.
0: broken at every single time you served, yeah. you never won a game. <laughs> it's a, it, That's the
1: equivalent. Yes.
0: So come on, any other ones you can come up with, any other sports or any other situations where it's the equivalent of being beaten 14 to nothing in a hockey game, let me know. Here's my top 5 sports blowouts. Number 5, Tiger Woods winning the 2000 uh, US Open at Pebble Beach by 15 shots. Oh. By 15 shots. He could have taken a magnificent little bogey on the last hole and still won by 8 shots. He finished at 12 under par. The runner-up Ernie Els finished at 3 over par. That is a blowout of epic proportion. Secretariat, number four, Secretariat winning the 1973 Belmont Stakes by 31 lengths over Sham. 31 lengths to win the Triple Crown, too. So 31 lengths is over six seconds. So I finish now in one steamboat, two steamboat, six, over six seconds because it's a fifth of a second for every
1: length. Unbelievable.
0: Phenomenal. That is a blowout of epic proportions. Number three, the Detroit Red Wings beat the New York Rangers 15 to nothing. The most lopsided NHL game in history in 1944. Don't ask me how many times the goalie was pulled. Don't ask me any of that stuff. I don't know. There are not a lot of details. The other thing with the NHL is there are very few details of a lot of games if you go way back. Nobody really kept a... I mean, if they kept a summary, they, they didn't they're not available to you. You, you can't gotta go find to the microfiche. Yeah, you got to actually go to the newspaper <laughs> stories <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, to find out, you know, where the goalie was pulled and stuff like that. I didn't. I didn't even bother. I just looked at fifteen nothing and said that's a good one. Number two, the nineteen forty NFL Championship, NFL Championship, the equivalent of the Super Bowl today, was won by the Chicago Bears over the Washington Redskins seventy three to nothing. Wow! So that's the equivalent of fourteen nothing in hockey seventy three to nothing. At one po- at what point do you think? The Redskins went, we got no chance of winning this. And what was the over-under if there was such a thing back in those days? And there must, somebody must have come up with a betting line in 1940. What was the point spread? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. And number one, the number one greatest blowout in the history of sports, which ties into our trivia question, brought to you by Panzers Delicatessen, the engineers of Georgia Tech. They're now known as the Ramblin' Wreck or the Yellow Jackets. They changed a bunch of it, but they're known as the Georgia Tech Engineers. Defeated Cumberland College by a score of 222 to oh. nothing in 1916. That's the biggest blowout in sports history. Who is the tech coach? The famous legendary coach? Uh, we'll have I, the answer a little later. I have
1: a guess. The only legendary coach. Now, not now.
0: So, Austin Matthews. He may never be the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, captain. Or, or the captain, rather. Or the coach, maybe. <laughs> well, might, might have a better chance of being a coach than the captain. Because I'm not sure that being a captain in the NHL is that big of a deal anymore, and certainly not of the Maple Leafs. No one's clamoring for Tavares or Matthews. But eventually, maybe, I don't know, They might. the Leafs might put a C on someone's jersey, and it could be Austin Matthews. Now, immediately after saying how honored he was to be voted captain of the Atlantic Division for the upcoming NHL All-Star game, Matthews hit the nail on the head with his next comment. Quote Austin Matthews number thirty-four. With the way it's set up, obviously a lot of very deserving guys won't be able to go. Um, we've had four or five guys who've made huge impacts night in and night out on this hockey team. Mitch, John, Morgan, Freddie are all really deserving to go and compete in this game. True, true. So as dominant as their individual campaigns have been, barring a season of a uh, series of unforeseen injuries. We won't see the Maple Leafs roll five deep through San Jose on January twenty-fifth and twenty-sixth. That's right. It should be that the best players play. But of course, as you know, the National Hockey League wants all 31 clubs. Can you name all 31 clubs, by the way? Yeah. Um, send, <laughs> they want all thirty-one clubs to send at least one representative to the game so that they can and now representing the whoever the worst team in the league is, you know, yay, and their 18 fans are going, yay, we've got someone. That's a reason to watch because one of your guys is playing. Um, So the Leafs are not the only uh, team that should expect a lot of high-profile. And here's a word we only use at this time of year, snubs. We never use the word snub, (laughs) ever, 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 unless it's a player who did not get voted in, who someone thinks should have gotten voted in. And we're going to get to that as well.
1: Oscar time,
0: yeah. I'm going to get to that story as well. There's always Oscar snubs. Yeah, all snubs. So snubs, a snub, you know, in this case in sports means... Someone thought this person deserved an honor. This person didn't get the honor. They were snubbed in favor of maybe that person.
1: Yeah, John Tavares will be snubbed.
0: snubbed. But snubbed in favor, you see, when it's in favor of someone else. Like, oh, how did this guy not get in and that guy got in? You make those comparisons. I hate when that happens. It only happens at this time of the year, you know? So anyway, so Matthews is the captain of the Atlantic Division. Connor McDavid is captain of the whatever division the Oilers are in. Nathan McKinnon... <laughs> Uh, is the captain of whatever division the Colorado Avalanche are in, P- Pacific. One's the Pacific and one's the Mid- Rocky, Mid. whatever it is. And Alexander Ovechkin. Oh, uh,
1: four good choices. Four actually. excellent choices. Yeah.
0: So those are the divisional superstars.
1: One is a little older
0: than the other three. Yeah, a lot. the the Beard, yeah. <laughs> uh, and by the way, those guys are nominated by fans via online ballots. You can vote nine million times if you want. You could hire a company to vote ding, 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 although these are all excellent choices and uh, no arguments there. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's the way it is. And Austin Matthews is going to be there. And as far as the other guys go, we're going to find out later. Other votes, that type of thing. These are the main guys. And then the rest are done. Um, you know, the rest of the voting is done as it has been done in the past. And we can, we'll never be able to agree on what the best kind of voting is, what, you know, what the worst kind of voting is, because these are like, this is what the fans want to see. Popularity contest. It's a popularity contest, but snub, don't snub me. <laughs> Jeez, that kind of thing. Um, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to mention this as long as oh, I'm going to get to that story. I want to mention um, when we talk about snubs, like people that didn't get nominated, not just for all star games or whatever, but like for halls of fame. Like, you know, I've been doing a lot of, you know, in researching my book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard of. Uh, and George Orton is in seven Halls of Fame, I research, did some research, and I was amazed to find out people who weren't in Halls of Fame. It was like, you just naturally thought, well, how can this guy, how can that, and that's the thing, how can that guy be in Hall of Fame? And how can this guy not be in? And you're always going to discover someone who had, uh, you know, a, a, a tremendous body of work, in whatever Hall of Fame we're talking about, and is deserving. But, you know, circumstances, maybe it takes way more years than it should. Maybe someone was overlooked, but now with the uh, internet and with social media, it's real easy to bring something like that up, um, and I'm going to get to that in a second, but first, the NBA uh, and the best team in the NBA engineered one of the finest comebacks I've ever seen the other night. In such a short period of time, at halftime of the Miami Raptors game, the Heat were leading by 14, and I mean, and everyone was all over it, so, social media, and even the announcer was like, oh my god, the Raptors are terrible. They're awful. It just, oh, Miami's playing them so well. La, 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 Meanwhile, they're down by 14 at the half. Nick Nurse, the coach, who I think's a genius, but of course not going to get credit for it because he's got some great players. He's but starting he's been, to get a little credit. starting getting, to. Beca- the guy, <laughs> the N- in the NBA, they don't use the zone defense that much. It's not a, any good team can, you know, rip a zone defense apart. But on occasion, a zone works well. Especially if the other team's three-point shooters aren't that good, or you got some injury, which Miami had some problems at the three. So Nick Nurse decides you're down four. Let's come out. Let's come out with a zone. And before you know, before the third quarter is over, the Raptors have the lead. Like not 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 erasing a 14-point half-point lead at the end of the game. They erased it in the third quarter. Right. He goes to the zone. Miami doesn't know what to do. The Raptors. It was fabulous. Loved watching it early on. I know it's a popularity contest. I know you look at the records of the team and say, well, your coach of the year is going to be the guy who led the team to the best record. Steve Kerr is not going to be coach of the year, even if Golden State comes back and wins and wins more games than the Raptors. He's just not. But Nick Nurse is doing a way better job, I think, than Dwayne Casey was, and leads me to believe that Nick Nurse could coach a team that can win several rounds by beating another team four times. He has, he seems to have what it takes to... Uh, make the adjustments necessary to play good defense. He's creative. He's, he's is, a very creative coach. He's very creative. And, my, like, it was a great game. The Raptors came back and won 106-104. Danny Green hit the winner. It was very, very exciting. And it just, and I, and I tweeted, of course, I tweeted, oh, for all you folks that were on the Raptors case at halftime, look what they did. Like, just in one quarter, they turned it I around. I saw your
1: tweet, dead on, bang on. I uh, Never count this team out. I Never ha- did you have trouble at the beginning adjusting sure. to that uh, uniform that Miami was yes, wearing? Yes, the pink. It was tough on my eyes. At the I liked beginning. it. <laughs>
0: Although I got to tell you, at the end of the game, I just thought it's such a classy move. I love Dwayne Wade's a very classy player, and he married well too. Eh, Gabrielle Union. Yes, yes, made very well. And he's a stylish guy, and he's an intelligent guy, and he's an articulate guy. He went to Marquette University, it's, you know, and he happened to be a sensational basketball player. After that, after the, that fact. Oh, by the way, he's a great basketball player. Uh, a very influential guy too. Um, he swapped jerseys with DeLon Wright at the end of the game, which I thought was really cool, and they posed for pictures. Now, that. this is the one thing with the NBA over any other sport, maybe football a bit, but the NBA, as soon as the game is over, guys are hugging and whatever, and how's it going? And, they're and you know, I'll see you after the game at the bar, or we'll go to Drake's place if it's in Toronto, or we'll go for a bite team. They're all buds. They're all members of the NBA Players Association. And, and there's so few of them, unlike other they're buddies, except for Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, <laughs> doesn't, Kawhi doesn't do that. Have you noticed He's a different. He doesn't. Duck and they never have a ass. shot. Think of it. Do you have a see a shot of Kawhi hugging it out with a guy? No. No. He just is very stoic that way. But <laughs> as long as they're winning, I'm okay with that. All right. Back back to now. The story that bothered me that had to do with halls of fame and such like that, uh, and it has to do with the late great Canadian driver uh, Greg Moore. He died on the track in 1999. So it's it's almost 20 years since Greg Moore died. It was uh, Halloween, October 31st, 1999. Now, I was unaware that Greg Moore was not a member of the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame. I was shocked. Wait, what? He died in a fiery crash in 1999. He was a, a, a tremendous representative of kart racing, of auto racing, a, a wonderful guy. Um, how is he, like, take a look at the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame. And, and no offense to anyone that's in it. If you've made the Hall of Fame, you you deserve it. You've earned it. But how how, how has Greg Moore, 20 years after his death, not earned it? So uh, on Twitter, Greg Moore's brother, James McKenzie Moore, who is um, a uh, film director, James McKenzie Moore tweeted out, and I quote, Does anyone out there want to nominate my brother, Greg Moore, for this award? Now, the original tweet was by Sportsnet that said, Do you have someone, an athlete or a builder, that you'd like to nominate for the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame? Well, here's your chance. And so Greg Moore's brother, James McKenzie Moore tweets out, Hey, somehow, somehow, Greg is not in the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame yet. And what an honor it would be on the 20th anniversary of his passing. Please like and retweet to show your support, which I did. And a lot of other people did as well. I was gobsmacked to find out that Greg Moore, that somewhere along in the last 20 years, nobody at the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame said, Hey, how about Greg Moore? What about Greg Moore? I'm shocked. How does this happen? If Kurt, if Kurt, Racing can retire Moore's number 99 forever. Never be worn again. Never be used again on a car. Why can't the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame recognize him as a great Canadian athlete? So I'm going to tell you right now, he's getting in. Because Sportsnet and the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame decided maybe we'll ask the public for some, some ideas as to who they'd like to nominate. And that's great. I don't care what Hall of Fame it is. Open up the nomination process. Let anybody... Come for Any fan that watched and enjoyed, let anyone come forward with a nomination for someone. And if it can be done online, great, because people don't want to be filling out forms and stuff like that. So come on. No-brainer. A no-brainer. Greg Moore not in the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame. I, I'm gobsmacked. I am gobsmacked. Um, so here's the story. The legendary football coach who led his college team to the most lopsided win in football history. And I use the word legendary, and you can't throw legendary around. There's only so many legendary coaches in sport.
1: Do I get a guess? Of course you get a guess. Right now? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Bear Bryant. Paul Bear Bryant. Now, what school was he coaching (laughs) with this lopsided 222 to nothing victory? You said early. I
1: just can't said, remember. What you said. I did
0: say Georgia Tech. Yeah, and he did not coach uh, Georgia Tech. But he's
1: the only legendary uh, coach I could think of. So.
0: Well, you know, you could say Knute Rockney was oh, a yeah, legendary yeah, yeah, yeah. coach. You know, with went for the Gipper, Gipper, George Gipp, and uh, right. Notre Dame, and all that. Okay. You could say that the guy who's, um <laughs> there's a trophy named after him for the great, the greatest college football player uh, of the season, Heisman, John Heisman. You could say John Heisman, and you would be correct. Oh. You'd be correct. How did I find all this out? (laughs) Well, as I'm researching my book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard of, I find that my uh, guy, George Washington Orton, and John Heisman sat on the same rules committee uh, and came up with the idea to number the jerseys of college football players so that fans and media and writers, whatever, could identify the players. Up until that point, there were no numbers on jerseys. The only numbers, really, that they were on competitors were at track and field events, where on your bib, you would have a number uh, designating you. But other than that, there were no sports that had numbers on jerseys or any designation as to who the player was. You'd have to figure that out. Who's, who's that guy running in the dark jersey? I don't know. Running with the other 10 players in the dark jersey against yeah. those guys in the white jersey. I don't even know if they even had white and black jerseys in those days. It was like, oh, we're all wearing the same color? How are we going to know who they are? So eventually they did that. So, so um, the answer to the question – is John Heisman. Now, I'm going to give you one of the great backstories of all time. So, 222 to nothing. How is that possible in a football game? And, and could you equate that to hockey? What would the equivalent in hockey be to 222 to nothing in football? What would that be, Mike? Would that be 22 to nothing?
1: No, I think 49 to nothing. Like really? I think it's like that Canada Denmark game. Yeah, it could be like
0: 49 to nothing in hockey. But how does that happen? Well, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, how the greatest blowout in sports history happened. In the spring of 1915, Cumberland College of Lebanon, Tennessee was indiscreet. Its baseball team, fortified with professionals, routed Georgia Tech 22 to nothing. Got it? Got it. So this is a college and they took on pros. Okay, they cheated, and they fortified their team with pros, and they beat Georgia Tech twenty-two nothing. Who was the coach of the Georgia Tech baseball team? None other than John Heisman. He was also the basketball coach at Georgia Tech and the football coach. And a year later, on October seventh, nineteen sixteen, Georgia Tech's football team overran Cumberland twenty-two two hundred and twenty-two to nothing. So that was revenge for the. It had to be personal. Team. It had to be, and it was. You see, back in those days. Cumberland football team played against teams like Mississippi, Tulane, South Carolina, LSU, and Tennessee. They were a good football team, but they discontinued football before the 1916 season. So that win in 1915 in baseball, their football team was done by the next year. They didn't have it there. So what happened was Heisman, the coach, insisted that the game go on. He wanted to exact revenge, of course, on Cumberland for using professionals, but he said that if they didn't field a team and play, he would hold them to a forfeit fee of $3,000. What was $3,000 worth back in 1916? A lot, (laughs) by a couple of homes. Schedules were arranged by student managers then. The burden fell upon Cumberland student manager, George Allen, later an advisor to United States presidents. Not George Allen, who coached the Washington Redskins. So this guy, Allen, rounded up 13 students at Cumberland College, many of them fraternity brothers, to go to Atlanta to play Georgia Tech. Uh. When the game began, Georgia Tech scored on its first play. Cumberland fumbled on its first play. Tech returned it for a touchdown. Cumberland fumbled again on the next play. Tech scored two plays later, and so on, and so on, and so on. After one quarter, after one quarter, Tech led 63 to nothing. Wow. After one quarter. At halftime, Mike, what do you think? Probably 130 to yeah, nothing. Yeah, 126 to nothing at the half. At the half. Okay? <laughs> Unbelievable. So here's what, at halftime, with the score 126 to nothing, this is what John Heisman, they named a trophy after him. This is what he said to his team. We're ahead, guys, but you just can't tell what those Cumberland players have up their sleeves. (laughs) They may spring a surprise. Be alert, men. That's what he said at halftime, and there was no surprise. As the Atlanta Journal wrote, quote, as a general rule, the only thing necessary for a touchdown was to give a tech back the ball and
1: holler, here he comes. And there he goes. And the hand of the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. It, it had to have been something personal because okay. otherwise you'd never tolerate that kind of a... Right, so
0: Heisman kind of, finally showed mercy, finally showed it, agreeing yeah. to cut the second half to 15 minutes, uh, from 15 minutes to 12 minutes. <laughs> but it mattered little. The game ended with no first downs for either team. No first downs. Every time Georgia Tech touched the ball, they scored. Or they scored, they didn't have to need a first down. They would score on their first, second, or third possession. Cumberland's only play of note in the whole game losing 222 to nothing was a 10-yard pass but it
1: occurred on a 4th and 22 <laughs> that's an, that's an amazing story and it's almost <laughs> shocking that they came out for the second half like well, think about what it you're what down you 126 to, do? to nothing and you come out for the second half what are you supposed to do i don't know it feels we, like uh, can you are you allowed a flag or are something. you allowed
0: to do that should there be those kind of things <laughs> i don't know <laughs> so i just think i just think it's fantastic that um here, here, here! A coach is like, "Oh, really? A eh? twenty-two to nothing." So I'm wondering if he intentionally wanted it to be two hundred and twenty-two. I mean, there's just too much oh. irony there. It's just, wait a minute. His baseball team lost 22 nothing to a bunch of professionals, and then he came back, exacted revenge on the opposite. A team, a team, here, the opposite of a team that's filled with ringers is a team of nobodies that have never played the sport or a bunch of college fraternity kids, really. So, so he said, let's let's just let's make it 222. So, in his brain, in his mind, is he going, okay, let's see, we have 126 halftime. Uh. <laughs> we need 90, we I understand, we need 96 more points for 222, 96, six into 96 goes this many times. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Is he figuring well, then it he is, out? He is a
1: fantastic how coach do, if he was yeah, able to do how that. How does he
0: get to do that? Now, Mike, do you know who hired John Heisman after he left Georgia Tech in a scandal? Who hired him at the University of Pennsylvania to coach the football
1: oh, team? Oh, it's got to be- uh, In 1920. Yeah. Uh, Joe. Um uh, G- uh, George, Joe, George, George Washington. <laughs> is, oh, George Washington. First, George Washington.
0: I'm, Orton. I'm butchering these. The guys, yeah. Names. George Washington Orton, the guy in my book, yeah. yeah George Washington okay. Orton hired John Heisman. Hired John Heisman in 1920 to coach the Penn football team. The reason John Heisman was available, the most successful coach in college football history, the guy who won 220 to nothing, he was available because he and his wife had had divorced. His wife was from Atlanta, right? And he didn't want any public embarrassment right? Oh, coach is split. He's still coaching the football team. Georgia Tech is based in Atlanta. His wife's family and friends were all from there. So he decided, this is the way the story goes. He might, it might be good for him just to leave Atlanta, like get out of Atlanta. That's his wife's town. He did okay there. Came to the University of Pennsylvania, coached for three years there. Uh, Died a young man, very young man, John Heisman, 222 to nothing. Hey coach, are we any mercy? No, step on their, step on their necks. More, more touchdowns. More, 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 more. There's no mercy rule. 222 to nothing, Mike. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is uh, remarkable. And I defy you to find a greater blowout in sports history, certainly in major sports. I'll bet you there was probably a high school game somewhere or whatever. Right, you know, major sports. Or some sport sports, you're right. where a team won 108 to nothing in oh, yeah, soccer. Sure, high or, know, or yeah, high school
1: football. Yeah, that
0: kind of thing. But as far as major sports go, you're not going to have. You're That's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen at all. Oh, so we've got uh, we've got a great uh, hockey team. They're, they play. I think they play every day, don't they? They're not in the World Junior. They're not playing tonight. <laughs> um, they, but they play like every uh, every day, and then um, you know it's kind of like okay. Let me know when the like when the, the knockout stage begins.
1: Let us know when Let we Let us play. know when the knock win. Let goes. us know Let if us- we're playing USA or Russia or Sweden or Or whatever. Finland. I could take oh, Finland. Oh, yeah, Finland. Finland. Yeah. Any of those games. Although we barely beat Switzerland, so let's not, you know, get too cocky. Ah, uh,
0: that's different. The Swiss, though, have proven that they, you know, that they deserve to be up in this pool, but not yeah. Denmark. No, definitely deserve to be up in this pool. They almost beat us right, last night. Right, right, but not Denmark. No, not So Denmark. once again, those are the team. And you know what? I would do the same thing with the, with the women. There's too many countries that shouldn't be in that top pool. I, I think six would be... Plenty for the women. Two pools of three: Canada in one pool, U.S. in another pool. Okay, they're going to end up meeting in the final. We got that probably, like almost for sure.
1: Only do one it that time way. that
0: didn't happen. One time, right? But do it. But do it that way. Let the U.S. play Finland and um, uh, Slovakia, and let Canada play Russia and Sweden in theirs, for example. And there you go. There's your six countries. But don't 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 bring in these other ones too, because like these other sports, it has to, you have to have a certain number of. Uh, nations that play the sport reasonably well. The jump, the leap from number two, either Canada, well, U.S. is number one in women's, and Canada too. The leap from Canada to the next nation, Finland, is huge. The leap from Finland to the next nation
1: is. is but can even, I ask? About, like I'm not too knowledgeable bigger. in the world of cricket, but it seems like it's always India versus Pakistan. Like, uh, oh no,
0: New Zealand has teams, and okay, South Africa see. has teams, and Britain has teams, and Jamaica, the West Indies, have some excellent teams. And You're uh, right. Um, okay. uh, Bangladesh has excellent. Oh sure, Bangladesh for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So you've uh, you know there aren't as many cricket playing nations. Uh, by the way, Eric Idle, who I follow from Monty Python, yeah. um, had this wild tweet the other day where he was talking about a cricket match he was watching on some, some service that I've never heard of before. Yeah. But obviously, if you're a cricket fan, you've heard of this service. It's like a Hulu or something like that, where he's saying, you know, whatever it is. He's I watched uh, I watched the test match between uh, on this thing and every ball that uh, it, it sort of expressions I wasn't aware of. But the number of people that retweeted and commented whatever. And I didn't realize, of course, because I'm not a fan. I, I'm not knowledgeable when it comes to cricket. But the rest of the world, a lot of the rest of the world is. A lot. Like people from England, they love their soccer. They love soccer, football, rugby. But they, you know, cricket's very, very popular. Okay. In the British, very popular. I stand corrected. And, and as you said, uh, in South Asia...
1: Remember, India, uh, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and Pakistan Bangladesh. came out of India, so that that pocket for sure. And then you mentioned the West Indies. Well, what do you mean?
0: I, what do you mean Bangladesh? What do you mean Pakistan? Yeah. came out
1: of India. Yeah, no, it's yeah, part like, of the same uh, region. Uh, but there of, was one country, and then I think 1949 or something. they uh, oh, okay, curved Carved so it up right, into three. They carved it up. They, uh, yeah, that particular <laughs> part happens, of the world. Yeah. So yeah, cricket's
0: extremely. I wish I knew more about cricket. In fact, I wish I, I wish I could find the equivalent of a cricket player who could be a great baseball player, and vice versa. Like I wonder. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if Mike Trout could play cricket.
1: No. You don't think so? I don't, I don't think the skills are as transferable as you would imagine, just because it's, there's a wicket and a bat. Like, but wait, wait, think...
0: wait, wait. Eye-hand coordination.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's,
0: I, that's it, true. eye-hand is eye-hand. I yeah. mean, if you can swing a bat and hit a ball that's moving at 100 miles an hour, Well, how about could this? you not swing a bat, a different type of bat, and hit a ball that's not moving as fast, but it's got all kinds of spin and overspin and bouncing and and, you know, that kind of a thing.
1: Let's put together an all-star team of baseball players and an all-star team of cricket players and have them play a tournament where they play one baseball game and then one cricket game, and then you kind of cumulative I match. L- so, I, you know.
0: I like that idea. I, you know what? I would be interested. I'd like to know. In fact, I'd like to find the equivalent. I think Graham Lloyd was the guy. He pitched for the Jays for a pitch for the Yankees. Yeah. Well, Graham Lloyd from Australia, he played a lot of cricket. Like He he was a good I don't know about
1: good. But he didn't I mean, even so, bat. He was a pitcher. Like, he was a pitcher.
0: But uh, but, oh, yeah. but the thing is, he he was, he was may have been, for all I know, the greatest uh, cricket slash baseball player. The high, You know what I mean? Because there is no uh, example going the other way. There was no right. professional baseball player that played professional cricket that I know of. But the other way, Graham Lloyd was a cricket player who played professional baseball at the highest level. I wonder what it would be like. I wonder if you could take a, find the equivalent of Graham Lloyd, find someone who had all the baseball skills, teach them cricket, and see how good they could be. Would that not be interesting? Is that not a documentary? I'm interested. Crack of the Bat <laughs> by Mark Hebsher and Mike Boone, coming soon to you. Just think about it. That's it for episode number 63 of Hebsey on Sports, and thanks, as always, to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. If you like our little show, please show your support by writing a nice review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Share it with your friends. Retweet anything we post. Not anything, but no, yeah, go ahead. Retweet (laughs) it. And please patronize our sponsors because the content offered here is free. Free. Also, check out my new book if you haven't heard about it already. It's called The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of. It's out in February via Dundurn Press, but you can pre-order via Amazon or Chapters Indigo or go to your local bookstore and ask for it by name. The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of. And when the person running the bookstore goes, huh, I've never heard of it before, you're going to say, of course you've never heard of it before. That's why you got to read the book.
1: <laughs>
0: it's a story of George Washington Orton, a man who could not walk until the age of 10 due to a crippling injury. He ended up being a world champion miler, Canada's first Olympic champion, and the man who introduced hockey to the city of Philadelphia. He also spoke nine languages, was a PhD, and if it wasn't for him and John Heisman, there'd be no numbers on football jerseys today. Well, maybe someone else might have come up with that idea. George Washington Orton was the man, and they thought he was an American for 70 years. The truth is, he's Canadian and is in seven different sports halls of fame, including the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame, which Greg Moore is not a member of yet. We should all vote for Greg Moore. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another episode very soon. Until then, so long for now.